In any challenging situation, especially interpersonal conflict, or even just in the way that we approach different situations in life, it can be really challenging to tell, are we being over-responsible for something that we don't have control over, or are we being under-responsible or under-accountable and not seeing the ways that we may have contributed to a situation? And in this episode in particular, which was highly requested, many folks kind of asking, how do I get out of quote unquote victim mentality? How do I stop blaming or shaming myself or other people for things that happened in my past and move forward? This is a really complex topic. And I've noticed in particular that especially for those of us who've experienced childhood trauma and abuse, it can be especially challenging to understand where or how we might be self-shaming or blaming ourselves for things that are completely out of our control. So I'm going to address particularly undoing some of this shame and blame and how to bring ourselves back somewhere in the spectrum of centered accountability, what that looks like and what that means. Hi, I'm Jasmine Russell and this is Depth Work, a holistic mental health podcast. This is a space for those who love to dive into the underbelly to revel in the mystery, question assumptions about what's normal, play in the both and, and honor the wide range of human emotion. As a complex trauma survivor, holistic counselor, and co-founder of a mental health training institute, I've learned that there is immense wisdom in our pain, and that what we call crazy is just what we are not yet willing to understand and explore. I'm so glad that you're here, so let's dive in. First of all, I don't really use the language of victimhood or victim mindset because I find that particular language to be quite condescending, often used to shame or blame ourselves or other people without an honoring of the very real, very legitimate traumatic circumstances as well as the oppressive societal circumstances that we face regularly. It can be used to repress or invalidate anger and grief and impose this very toxic pull yourself up by the bootstraps like I did kind of mentality. And that's not what we're here for ever. But what I think that folks are really getting at when they ask me this question is how can I honor the pain of my past the conditions that I was exposed to without my consent or agency, this is particularly true for childhood abuse, while taking responsibility for my choices now with what I choose to do from here. There's a sense of, I don't wanna be a victim to my pain or my past or even my present circumstances, but I also need to tease apart what I can and can't control. And to take this into a bit of a broader perspective, I've also noticed And if I'm honest, been a little bit nervous to address this topic of centered accountability because a lot of us are surrounded by very rigid opinions about this, right? There's some pretty reified rhetoric in different communities about the topic of accountability or victimhood. In a lot of self-help or self-improvement rhetoric, there's this get out of victimhood by taking control of your life mentality that can often undermine our very real sense of grief and anger around circumstances where we were harmed or abused. I found in other communities, like certain activist communities, on the extreme end, we can have this desire to legitimize structural and institutional harm 
And sometimes in doing so can also lose sight or scope of our individual responsibility and a sense of hope that we actually do have some level of control over our actions and the health of our communities. So on kind of the extreme ends of this, we can be surrounded by this very rigid language. And what I've actually found is that the more that we truly do understand the ways in which our choices, our options, our life circumstances never operate in a vacuum, the ways in which we've been influenced by our social and structural context, the more we can also really understand what is in our power, how we want to respond and where we want to go from here. I don't think that those processes are ever separate. I believe that we can find a way to acknowledge structural and societal factors without a sense of hopelessness and acknowledge our internal responsibility without shame. And I think one good example of this, especially when it comes to childhood abuse, is understanding the full context of ancestral and historical trauma. That doesn't mean justifying the harm that any individual has done, but it means understanding the full context allowing ourselves to feel the full spectrum of rage and anger and grief around it, and then being able to much more adequately decide how we want to move forward. Talk about this a little bit in the episode on ancestral trauma and imposter syndrome, kind of the ways that I went from blaming or shaming myself to blaming or shaming my family to understanding the structural and societal context, which then allowed me eventually to balance, compassion with accountability. But for the purposes of today's episode, I really want to take this into a bit of a broader lens and talk about this whole spectrum of over and under accountability. In this spectrum, when we're in centered accountability, we know what we can and can't control. We know what we are and are not responsible for. For example, we know that we can't control another person's emotions or behavior, but we understand the way that we often impact other people. We are flexible, willing to acknowledge the ways that we weren't acting in integrity, willing to take particular action to make amends, when that is the case, and also willing to hold the discomfort of harm that may have been done to us and being willing to hold other people accountable for that rather than pushing past our own boundaries in order to appease or ease the situation. Centered accountability is when we have full access to the full range of our emotions and are willing to act from a place that is boundaried but compassionate. I really like the way that Brene Brown talks about this in the sense that I think she says something along the lines of the most compassionate people are the most boundaried people. It's because when we're in centered accountability in this way, we can afford to be more compassionate because we feel our own boundaries, because we are willing to state a firm no, to really know what we are and are not okay with, where we end and the other person begins. We know what our limits are. We know what we will and will not tolerate. And so we can afford to be flexible, but also connected, vulnerable, and when appropriate, forgiving. You 
maybe are already thinking of scenarios where maybe it's really hard to find or understand how to reach that place of centered accountability. Maybe you already have a hunch that you might lean more towards one end of the spectrum than the other in certain situations. And this is not a a one-size-fits-all approach. This is not a place where we're going to assess ourselves to see where we fall on the spectrum because it truly changes with every single situation or circumstance. But I think it's good to know what our tendency is, especially when we're in a challenging situation or a conflict in adulthood. And I say in adulthood because one of the things that can really push us into either end of the spectrum of over or under accountability are things that happened in childhood that we didn't have any control over. As Gabor Mate says in his newest book, The Myth of Normal, there is no culpability where there is no choice. There's no conceivable condition exists under which a human being has less agency or fewer options than in infancy and early childhood. And so if we were in situations where we felt that total loss of control or we felt harmed by people that we thought we could trust, this can lead us to survival strategies or coping strategies well into adulthood where we are either willing to self-sacrifice, to blame and shame ourselves, to not feel the weight of the pain and the disappointment of the harm done to us, or on the other end of the spectrum, to be very quick to point fingers or blame or shame others to avoid feeling blamed or responsible ourselves. As I said, the folks who ask me this question most often, how do I get out of victim mentality, are the folks who, like myself, I can relate, have experiences of childhood abuse and neglect, prolonged periods of shame and blame, where conflict in a household was handled by perhaps emotionally immature parents, where we either had to abdicate blame or take on blame in order to stay safe. In the case of over-accountability, this would be where we have ruthless self-blame, where we almost silence the voices of anger and rage, And we perhaps even gaslight ourselves into believing that we somehow should have done something differently, must be at fault in some way. As a child, this is where we feel like we have to absorb, acquiesce, or self-abandon in order to stay safe. Ultimately, this is a survival strategy or a coping strategy that gives us a sense of control because it's too painful to believe that a parent or a caregiver has put us in harm's way, that they can't take care of us, that they won't meet our needs, or that they're even effectively harming us. It's too painful for a young child to hold. And so we have to engage in some kind of magical thinking to believe that it must be something about us, must be something we have done or said or did in order to stay connected to a caregiver When that caregiver doesn't lean in, we feel like we have to push past our own boundaries to consistently over and over again meet them in order to feel that connection. So these are just a couple of circumstances that may lead someone to, even well into adulthood, engage in over-accountability. One example of this is that when my last breakup occurred, at first, 
instead of feeling the rage and the anger of the consistent boundary violations, I blamed myself for tolerating the behavior. I piled on the shame and the blame of myself, consistently asking myself, why did I allow that to happen? Why did I put myself in that situation? And while I don't think those are terrible questions, those are questions that can be posed without judgment and certainly should be. I think that we all, in adult relationships, we all have a role, ways that we contribute to the health or the demise of any relationship. But I did this most often in a way that was really self-shaming. And I think this is really common with clients who I know have a tendency to feel over-responsible. I ask them, and have done this exercise myself, to write out all of the things that we can genuinely say we do have control over and the things that we genuinely don't. And the second exercise I do is to really get in touch with anger because often over-accountability is a strategy for masking anger and rage, a strategy for not having to be with the discomfort of the way that someone really betrayed us or let us down, a way to kind of cover up the fact that our needs were not or did not get met. Now, on the other end of the spectrum with under accountability, this is where we might feel, instead of a ruthless self-blame, we might feel a sense of ruthless defensiveness and rigidity. It's this feeling that everything is happening to me, and it's when we're unable to acknowledge the impact that we have on others. It's a very kind of, you know, this is not my fault mentality. And again, going back to early childhood circumstances, this can come from being in a household where blame was very present, where fear of the consequences of being blamed was very present, because often the consequences were isolation, punishment, abandonment, loss of connection, or even other forms of physical abuse. In under-accountability, we similarly want to gain a sense of control, but unlike in over-accountability, that sense of control comes from wanting to push off or redirect that sense of blame or shame that we might feel underneath. Some clues where we might be getting into a sense of under-accountability is if we're getting perhaps the same feedback from people or attracting some of the same patterns or power dynamics and not seeing our role in it, how we may have contributed. One example of this is when I was in leadership positions in organizations where there's often fraught power dynamics in any kind of leadership position and was working alongside a lot of men who felt very comfortable holding a lot of power and often that power not being rightfully earned or earned through the level of responsibility. And while I think a lot of women face this, a lot of multiply marginalized leaders face this, one of the things I eventually realized in my frustration with these power dynamics and feeling powerless, like I didn't have a voice in certain situations, one of the things I realized is that I was engaging in under-accountability in the sense that it was easier for me to blame the folks who I felt were taking up too much space or holding too much power 
not realizing until much later that I often was someone who was afraid to step up, who was afraid to own my power, to use that voice. And while I think, again, it's very useful to understand power dynamics and how they get socially, institutionally, structurally upheld, while it's important to talk about those things, I think it's equally as important to own our role and see the areas in which we maybe swallowing or embodying internalized oppression and not accessing our full power. So I hope these two explanations and examples of over and under accountability are helpful for kind of placing yourself in different situations, seeing where you might be engaging in each, because I think to some extent we all engage in both. Centered self-accountability gives us a huge amount of creative potential. There's a huge amount of power that can really come from this. And simultaneously, as we engage in centered self-accountability, we build a deeper sense of self-trust because with both over and under accountability, we start to lose credibility with ourselves when we feel that loss of control. And when we engage in these strategies, which is kind of how I consider both over and under accountability as strategies for self-protection, it might feel like it's empowering, but it's a cheap kind of power. Our bodies ultimately really feel that breach and we lose credibility when we consistently self-blame and gaslight ourselves or where we're consistently ruthlessly defensive and not willing to see our role. Whenever we're offloading pain or guilt or shame or fear and uncertainty, it has to go somewhere and it can come at a cost to ourselves. I also want to mention that we can very easily fluctuate back and forth between both of those things in the same circumstance. And a couple of things that I've noticed have really helped me stay in centered accountability or find where centered accountability is for me is one, being willing to feel the whole spectrum of emotion. I've said that before, but I'll say it again. I think we use these strategies when we feel we cannot handle or tolerate the full range of how we really feel about a certain situation, where we can't tolerate the fear or the uncertainty or the grief, the guilt, the shame, or the rage and the anger. And for me, it's pretty consistently important to hold off on trying to figure out what to do, how to act in a certain situation until I've allowed myself to feel that whole spectrum. This is not always possible, but when it is, I try to feel before acting because I'm not gonna know what the right action is until all parts of me are in the room. We're not going to know what really is in integrity until all parts of us are really fully welcome. Another thing that helps is really gaining mentorship from the folks who have maybe experienced some of the things that you have and who consistently hold themselves and the people around them in centered accountability. Having mentors or friends or community with folks who can give you reliable, honest, but compassionate feedback is so important. 
In both of those situations that I mentioned in my own life of both over and under accountability, the thing that really snapped me out of each one of those is a friend being very honest with me and asking me some very pointed, brilliant questions. And lastly, I think what really keeps us out of over and under accountability is radical imagination and our vision for the future of our lives, for the future of our communities, for the future of our society, the thing that really always brings me out of either the hopelessness that can come up from seeing all of the external factors of things that I can't control, or the shame and doubt that arises from all of the things about myself that I want to be in right relationship with, is really this sense of being able to imagine what's possible. I am so grateful to you for being here. If you want to spend more time together, I have session openings for holistic counseling, breathwork, and energy work sessions. You can find all the information about those sessions on my website, jasminerussell.com, and it would completely make my day or probably my year if you left me a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you really liked, how it supported you, and what you're thinking about it. So if you have a question for me or you want to let me know what topics you want to hear more of on this podcast, send me an email and let me know. Until next time.